This is Jeff Cobb. You're listening to WPLV Global. Hey, folks. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling WPLV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my ever-popular... Ever shiny, freshly showered gentleman himself, Elio Canal. Elio? Yes, sir. You're smelling like hibiscus and lavender. What's going on, brother? <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> well, that was a, a, probably a disturbing image to send out to most of our fans. But hey, uh, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. Man, we have, there's been a lot of things going on this week in professional wrestling. First of all, though, Elio, how have you been doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Yeah. Good. That's good to hear. You had a good solid week? I had a great solid week, yep. Nice, nice. Uh, It's been a crazy week. There's been lots of things going on. Uh, We got a lot of news to get into, but before we get started, let's get into our poll of our week, okay? Okay. Last week, uh, me and Elio's hot topic centered around uh, AEW, and the question was, uh, and we debated this for a while, and uh, we did come to pretty much the same conclusion at the end. Uh, The debate was... Should AEW have an on-air uh, authority figure? You know, someone like uh, Mick Foley used to be, or even far back as like Jack Tunney used to be, or even in a scarier mode, somebody like Stephanie McMahon. Did oh. they need somebody coming out and making matches and, and, and moving the show along and somebody who you really didn't get involved with? Uh, we debated it. Uh, we came to the conclusion in the end, though, that we didn't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't want that. We thought the day of the... Uh, the on-air authority is an overplay. WWE's beaten that camel to death so many times. I don't think it's yep. going to get up on Humper too. So we threw it out there to you fans. We were curious what you guys thought. And uh, after we took a look at the polls, they closed down to uh, yesterday, uh, we found that 63% of you said no. We don't need an on-air uh, personality or, well, an on-air authority figure anyways. Um uh, so I guess, you know, that is a concept that's been pretty much overplayed to death. And you, the fans, don't want to see that. And, you know, I guess we agree wholeheartedly after we discussed it. But uh, I'm going to take a look. I, I know there are a couple comments, people uh, voicing their opinion about this whole thing. Uh, here we go. Uh, first comment I have is Adam Brunton, who said, they need a Jack Tunney type. Yes, I'm that old. This person shows up only occasionally when a decision needs to be made. Now, for you younger fans, what he's talking about is back in the old days of WWF, there used to be a commissioner who was, he was just a character. He wasn't really a commissioner. His name was Jack Tunney, and he never really got involved in any kind of uh, on-air things. He was just the voice who, his face would pop up and tell you so-and-so was going to have a title match or blah, 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 to kind of move things along. However, that kind of character has not been seen at least since the mid '80s. Um, well, the one, the one, the one that the one uh, scene that comes to mind is uh, Benny's Brown being the only one to bring Jack Tenney to his knees when he was uh, feuding with Savage over the WB, WBF Championship. One of the rare times we got to see more of Jack Tunney than uh, yeah. <laughs> I think from his office. But yeah, uh, I believe there's another comment. Uh, you want to read the second comment? Okay, so the second comment says, from Alexander Nettles, says, they just need a real booker behind the scenes. That's not what we were asking. You didn't answer the question. (laughs) 
Well, you know what, Alexander? I'm going to agree with you on that, but Elio makes a good point. He just simply <laughs> asked a question here. Folks, we'd love to hear your comments and stuff. Please write them into the site, but not on the polls. Come on, man. The question was pretty simple. You know, do we need an on-air authority figure or not? I have no idea, Alexander, if that means yes or no. So you kind of blew the one chance you had to, to say something on this topic anyways. All right. Well, let's move on now to some of the news. Uh, we find ourselves this week with a whole bunch of news and actually some very sad news this week. And we'd like to talk around a, a couple uh, passings. Okay. A couple people passing away. Uh, first of all, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, at least a month, maybe a month and a half or so, we reported the injury uh, to Mexico's L.A. Uh, sorry, La Parca. Okay, now, I was almost going to say L.A. Park because I'm used to uh, L.A. Park and MLW. Yep. Fans who who recognize the name La Parca, you might think back to the WC, WCW days of the chairman of the board uh, who had come out uh, La Parca. That is not the same La Parca who passed away. That La Parca found himself in a situation very much like Sin Cara was in the WWE, where uh, a company actually owned the name and likeness of the La Parca character. So when the wrestler, the original wrestler, who uh, who was La Parca, decided to leave to other places, the company kept his name and his costume, and they hired someone else. That wrestler, who you knew as La Parca, has now, you can see him sometimes in uh, MLW in North America as L.A. Park. Or as me and uh, me, the gentleman, and Matt Warner like to call him is Los Angeles Park. But the other Laparca, this one was a newer wrestler hired to wrestle under that mask, uh, took a horrific head injury um, kind of a while ago now to the point where we haven't really talked about him in a while. And kind of, unfortunately, with so much going on, we kind of forgot about it. But passing away this weekend from uh, his injuries and a very sad situation. Uh, all of us at uh, Global NWPOV would like to send out our condolences to friends and family of uh, La Parca, and uh, it's a sad day. Uh, moving on, another sad news, uh, the passing of a retired wrestler. Uh, in some ways, may not have been the biggest legendary name, but a man who really uh, made a difference and whose fingerprints can be seen all over New Japan wrestling. We're talking about Kendo Nagasaki. All right, Kendo, who had his, probably his heydays in the mid-80s uh, to late-80s, Wrestled quite a bit. Uh, North American fans would recognize him in world-class wrestling, uh, where uh, teamed up with uh, Gary Hart stable and uh, causing all kinds of fits for the Von Erichs. Uh, now, I may be wrong here, Elio, but I do believe he's one of the first originators of the green and or red mist thing. You know, the the, oh, okay. yeah, the the kind of thing where a Japanese wrestler spits out some kind of mist in someone's face and blinds them. I believe he was one of the first guys to do that, if not the first guy to do that. So uh, I'd be very interested to know. I'm going to probably have to go look that up more so now. I might but... be wrong on this, uh, but uh, did, did the Missing Link used to do that as well? I don't think the Missing Link did. The green uh, thing, did he? I don't, uh, think he... I don't, I don't yes, know. Yes, I know he yeah. painted his face green, but no, oh, I, don't, okay. I don't think so. I don't think All so. Right. okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, a lot. he was a wrestler who had come out dressed in the, the, the kabuki style. For those of you wondering, it looked like the old-style samurai dress with... Uh, his hair back in a top knot and his face painted in a very garish, colorful stylings. Yep. Uh, that kind of pageantry can sometimes still be seen today in Japanese wrestling. He was kind of a, an innovator of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so once again, WPOV would like to send out our condolences to friends and family of Kendo Nagasaki, a very sad day for wrestling fans. 
Um, I'd also be remiss, um, Elio, if I didn't mention us being both Canadian boys, the passing of one of uh, Rock's legendary drummers uh, and songwriters and lyricists, that'd be a Neil Peart of uh, Rush, who yeah. passed away yeah. this weekend of brain cancer, unfortunately, um, which was also a shock to me. I mean, he actually appeared here in my hometown three years ago on their tour and then just kind of oh. quietly... Quietly, nobody knew much going on. Everyone thinking, oh, they must be getting ready to tour again. But he had been uh, suffering from brain cancer. Uh, incredible drummer, incredible uh, lyricist, wrote all of Rush's songs and lyrics. Uh, you know, I've always talked to people about how I wasn't a big Rush fan when I was younger. But as I grew older and appreciated complex and good music, that Rush was just one of those great bands that I had to just marvel at. And Pert was one of these drummers who definitely, in my mind, was one of the top two drummers of all time, right up there with John Bonham of Led Zeppelin. So a very sad day in uh, in uh, music, in Canadiana, and any kind of thing you want, the passing of Neil Pert, another sad thing. And once again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but uh, Wrestling POV, uh, we'd like to all send out our condolences to uh, friends and family of Neil Pert. Let's move on to some news. And hopefully okay. this is a little bit, uh, a little more cheerful than so much passing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess one thing we should talk about, uh, I know we don't usually cover uh, NXT or WWE signings unless they're UK, but I did want to mention uh, Mercedes Martinez being signed to NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a wrestler I followed for many years in uh, Shimmer and Shine and all across the US and in the indie scene. Um She's getting close to her 40s and uh, finally signed, I feel it's like five or six years later than it should have been. Tremendous talent. Uh, Maybe she'll just ease into being a trainer type, but uh, tremendous wrestler. I hope we get to see her at least compete a little bit in NXT. Um, Great wrestler. Congratulations to uh, Mercedes. Moving along, I guess we, you know, I forgot to bring this one up when we were doing some of our pre-notes. AEW actually re-signed with TNT Network for another year. The show is not going away. It looks like me and you are trapped watching half-ass, sometimes shitty wrestling. (laughs) Another year. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Fun times ahead. Oh, let's hope somebody does hire a booker. (laughs) I I hear Alexander Nettles needs a job. (laughs) Anyhow. Um, moving on with other news, uh, let's take a look at another signing, um, Killer Cross. Oh mm-hmm. man, finally getting out of Impact Purgatory. Uh, looks like uh, he's going to be debuting pretty soon for MLW, which will be very but, exciting. But, but is, he, is he strictly MLW or no? He... No, he oh. hasn't signed an exclusive yet. Oh, okay, so he can, he can pretty debut. much show up anywhere. That is true. That is true. Because yeah, I think uh, they were also seeing. I thought I also saw somebody when WWE was also looking at him. They were, but nothing was signed. Obviously, he wouldn't be wrestling for MLW if right. If WWE or NXT okay. had picked him up. Um, also, uh, the departure of MJF from MLW—a bit of a surprise. Well, I don't know if it was a surprise. It seemed weird that he was on two major shows. Yeah. Well, uh, well, that also plays into our uh, coverage of MLW this week. Yes, it does. It does indeed. So MJF off. He's going to be wrestling quite, I don't know if it's exclusively, but close to exclusively for uh, AEW. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good luck to him, and we'll be seeing him a lot more. Um, the next bit of news is going to lead into our hot topic this week. In some ways, this is great, but the hot topic part makes me a little bit leery about this whole situation. Yeah. And that is Tessa Blanchard yes. capturing... 
the world title uh, from Sammy Callahan in Impact Wrestling. On one hand, this is a great thing for women wrestlers, showing that uh, they can run with the boys. I mean, let's face it, Sammy Callahan's a big, mean boy. However, this is what we're going to talk about. The day before uh, said pay-per-view where she won the belt, she had tw- she went to Twitter and tweeted out something that said, Hey, women, try supporting one another. Cool things happen. Almost trying to say, you know, I read that and I think she's saying, okay, quit being bitches to me. You know, I have a chance to be yeah. a champ here. However, Allison Kay, the NWA women's champion, tweeted Sien- back. Sienna from Impact Wrestling. Yes, who at one time was in Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Said, Remember when you spat in a black woman's face and called her the N-word in Japan? Was that what, is that what uh, supporting women? She goes, the audacity of this. Hmm. And then Tessa responded with, not true. That's my statement and the most tension I'll give it because of how ridiculous it is. How then Chelsea Green, and I got to say, I've met Chelsea Green and I interviewed her uh, once. A very nice lady, really, she was a very sweet person. Uh, she put down, you've constantly put down, bullied, and belittled countless female workers, including me. Is that support? Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Tessa <laughs> Blanchard replies with, I've never been anything but kind to you. I've dealt with mean girls since I started. Not saying I'm a saint. Hell, I've had my ups and downs, and I've made silly decisions, such as life. You have zero merit in your comments. Instead of putting me down here for a little clout, you got my number. Then... La Rosa, La Rosa Negra, who was the woman who was slapped in the face and called the word apparently, according to her in uh, Japan, uh, uh, she she sent out a, a tweet about it, but then deleted it. But the tweet had said something along the lines as I didn't, I was afraid to ever say anything, and uh, this did happen, and it was to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Then she deleted it. Okay, uh, Isla Dawn from NXT UK. Put up as someone who experienced your bullying firsthand, received regular verbal abuse, was spat on, had rumors spread about me, dealt with multiple attempts by you to blacklist me from other companies, plus more. I just mm-hmm. pray you now follow your own advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. And then Priscilla Kelly from MLW said, Remember oh. putting me down on Twitter last year for something that didn't involve you whatsoever, then continuing to drag my name to other people? Yep, I remember that. I know the incident she's speaking of too. Yeah. Pepperidge Farm remembers, you probably should delete this tweet, Blanchard. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here's a whole bag of worms, okay? A very, oh a very sorry, I should say can of worms. This is a very big can of worms that just got opened up here. Now, we have two things to look at. Number one, we have the whole, did Tessa Blanchard publicly humiliate a black woman by spitting in her face and calling her the N-word, which is a very racist thing and, and something very unforgivable? Mm-hmm. And there's also, which which I'm reading here, very many accounts of women felt like they were bullied and uh, terrorized by Tessa Blanchard. Holy. Wow. So let's start off, first of all, with, the, with the, the, the bigger elephant in the room, and that's the whole racism charge. Okay? Yeah. Now, oh man, in this day and age, we have found that there are certain things that just don't fly. And uh, racism is definitely becoming a hot topic of of uh, things you should not get yourself involved in, things you should not say. Mm-hmm. Um, Tessa Blanchard has her any right to her own opinion. Okay, uh, many of our American friends talk about the freedom of speech. You have the right to do blah blah. blah. But however, what they don't notice or forget to fail sometimes is the your freedom of speech ends 
where it impacts someone else's life. I can have the opinion of whatever kind of ridiculous hate I may have. And it's just an example here, say, of Elio. Suppose I hated Elio. Oh, no. Suppose I want to say <laughs> things about Elio. I have the right to think whatever I want. I have the right in my own home to say whatever I want. I do not have the right to publicly uh, say horrible and racist things about Elio. And here's where a problem is. Um, this is the kind of stuff that gets people removed from television shows. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of things that destroys careers. Um, I can think of, uh, say, Paula Dean on the Food Network when she admitted to using the N-word many times. Oh, okay. Uh, she has never had a Food Network show since. Her career pretty much killed off about that. Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. Look at the problems he had when it came out that he used the N-word quite a bit and that he came across as quite a big racist at a certain point of his life and even though he apologized don cherry don cherry well yeah you can be interpreted that too and here's the thing if it's interpreted as such that's a career killing move mm -hmm. so the problem here folks is yes there are people who have said this and yes a girl came forward and said it was her However, she deleted her tweet and has gone quiet now about this. See, I'm saying, I'm not see that's where I'm not. That's where I I get lost because you they they tweet out that this is uh, they're the person this happened to, but then they go and delete their tweets afterwards. Yes. So why did they delete their tweets? We don't know. There's like two sides to every story. So. Right. I mean, for what on one hand, maybe the tweet was deleted because. Uh, she didn't, it didn't happen. She got kind of, she hated Tessa Blanchard, felt bullied by her and, uh, kind of got caught up in the wave of saying stuff. Or maybe it did happen and maybe, maybe she was paid off. I mean, certainly if I was tweeting something and about uh, complaining about something and somebody said, Hey, here's a whack of money. If you just shut up, I would take <laughs> out my tweets if I needed the money. So we don't know. I just, I don't know. I just think uh, Twitter is just such a bad place uh, for like any wrestler to like just uh, go on because it just causes all a whole bunch of trouble. It really does. Problems. It really does. So um, in the first part of this topic here, Elio, if it's proven that she did this in stardom in Japan a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. what do you think should happen to Tessa Blanchard? If this all came out that this is true. Oh, it's hard to see. Like I said, there are like two sides to every story. But um, if it was true, um, well, they already uh, they already put the championship on her. So I'm wondering if uh, Impact already knew about this ahead of time because they went ahead with the with putting the championship on her. Anyways, uh, the day but, after all these uh, accusations came out. True, but Elio, suppose somebody proves it. Suppose it's proven. Suppose somebody shows up with a videotape or some kind of thing that shows this happens. Going forward, what do you personally think should happen to Tessa Blanchard? Should there be any ramifications? Should something happen? Should not? What do you feel? I'll tell you how I feel, but tell me how you feel first. Okay. It happened like a long time ago. Uh, like uh, I guess people change. So if she uh, if she apologized mm -hmm. for anything and like everything got sorted out, I don't think uh, I'd say no. They shouldn't. Uh, bring the thing any like consequences okay well i'm gonna say that if it was proven 100 percent to me mm -hmm. that this was true 
I think you have to pay for the things you do in certain things. And I think uh, to, to, to categorically put someone down because of their race, their color, their religious uh, expression, their sexual orientation in this day and age is unforgivable. And I think, uh, like, first of all, she's backpedaled and said none of this is true. So if it is full, said to be true, um, first of all, I want her to apologize. I yep. want her to apologize publicly and apologize publicly to La Rosa Negra if that's... And, and don't just uh, say, oh, we sorted it out in a t- yeah. by tweeting it out. Because that, uh, that's what, that's what uh, it said. There was a tweet that said yeah. they sorted everything out. They, uh, they forgave each other. Yeah. Um, I do not believe... I believe she should be stripped of the world championship. Um, I believe that there should be a woman to win the world championship. But if this is true, I don't think give, she's the woman. Give it back to Sammy Callahan and let someone else beat him for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if the whole point of this is to show that a woman could be a great wrestler and run mm-hmm. with a man and to show that they are equal and stuff, then show yeah. us a better woman. Show us someone who deserves that. And I don't think a racist deserves that. Now, I'm not saying right now take it away from Tessa Blanchard. I'm saying if this was proven, I believe she should be stripped of her title. I believe that uh, she should not be booked for a while. I think she should go away for a little while and maybe learn to get her head and priorities straight if she wants to continue to compete in a world that's full of other black athletes and other women and other whatever kind of disgusting racist things that she wants to think about if that's true if she is a racist okay that's what i believe should happen if this is all just rumors and conjectures well obviously she should be cleared and and this should be you know straightened out okay now the next question however this one is a little harder um this one i don't think can be denied because there seems to be a lot of wrestlers saying that she used her backstage clout to bully a lot of people Mm -hmm. And we're finding in this day and age, that's another thing that's unacceptable. Yeah, bullying. Nah, I know. I was, uh, I was in uh, school. I know I was bullied in school, so yeah, not not cool. Not cool, eh? No, when you don't want to go to school, when you don't want to go to work, yeah, when you don't want to go to a certain place because you were the target. I mean, mine, mine wasn't bad, but still, it's still, it's still bullying, bullying is bullying. Yeah, right? it's still bullying, somebody yeah. saying something and making you feel uncomfortable about being a place where you deserve to be—that's mm-hmm. not cool. Now, this one really troubles me a bit, um, just for the fact, as you know, I have been uh, very associated with a lot of wrestling companies, and and I've had my ear to the ground with a lot of rumblings and backstage things a lot. Um, one of the questions that I always had was why was Tully, why was Tessa Blanchard not signed years ago? I mean, she's made an impact for quite a while, and I don't mean impact as in the wrestling. Right. <laughs> she's made a name for herself as a very yeah. solid contender. However, I had heard up until even you know not too long ago that. The WWE wasn't interested in her because she had a lot of excessive baggage, including right. the fact that she didn't conduct herself very well backstage. Mm-hmm. Nothing was ever pointed out in black and white or said exactly what that meant, but uh, rumors of it had been that she was extremely hard to deal with, that she was demanding a bit of a bully type. So when I read these things from other wrestlers, and especially having uh, 
met Chelsea Green and, you know, she was up in our territory for a little while and up here in Western Canada for, for a couple of years. Um, I got to know her a bit. And when you know somebody who makes an accusation like that and you know them enough to believe them, it's a bit troublesome. Um, I don't like the idea that Chelsea Green was treated like that. I don't like the idea that any of these girls, I, Isla Dawn, me and you have talked about Isla Dawn many times about, yeah, her, like her, uh, yep. about her almost breaking out, you know, something about her that's special. I don't like the thought that she had to go through that. I don't like the thought that anybody has to be bullied by anybody. Um, I too grew up in a small town in, in uh, Northern Canada and I know what bullying's like. I know that I've been bullied. Um, I'm sure I've, been a bully sometimes back to people who maybe in my mind I thought deserved it, but that's still wrong. Yeah. The fact that anybody is made to feel uncomfortable because of somebody else's uh, negative feelings towards them, that's not, in this day and age, that is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. So if it's found that she's a bully, well, maybe you can't strip the title from her, but maybe she ain't going to have a very long title reign. <laughs> and maybe she's not the kind of person who should be representing your company. They'll probably just have her, uh, job, her pretty much jobbing to others. Um, I think I think that Tessa Blanchard may have to learn some kind of a lesson. Now, now fans, uh, we're not sure how we're going to word this up, but the, the whole uh, gist of our poll next week will be about this topic. Mm -hmm. And the topic will be right now how you feel about Tessa Blanchard. Do you feel that Tessa Blanchard has been uh, misrepresented and maybe misquoted or made a victim here by others? Or do you feel that Tessa Blanchard is actually a victimizer and deserves to have something, some kind of punitive things put against her? We'll figure out the exact wordings for that. Yeah. But it's pretty clear that me and Elio feel I, I, you know, actually, you know what, Elliot? How do you feel right now about this? Like, just just from what you know, do you think this is just rumors that have gotten out of hand, or do you think that there's some merit here? How do you feel? And and, and be free. Just just tell me how you feel about this right now. From what I know, or from what um, from what I've read, accusations, tweets. Uh, on one hand, uh, I don't know if they're true. On the other hand, uh, seeing who these uh, accusations were from, it's hard not to, like, actually believe because we've heard so much about backstage incidents like this. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I kind of feel that people say when there's smoke, there's fire. But we're not talking just like there's a little bit of smoke here. There is a blazing <laughs> tunnel <laughs> yeah. of smoke going on from multiple places. So I've got to wonder how, how this might be actually a true story. And uh, it makes me look at uh, Tessa Blanchard in uh, a not a very good light. Yeah, uh, like I like now whenever I see her like on like in any like news um, post or whatever, it's like I'm not seeing like the same person that I was seeing before. Exactly, exactly. And then, like we said, it's not like we're throwing her under the bus under one accusation. There is a mountain of accusations here, and from people that I personally even know. So that makes it harder for me to not weigh in and not wonder the worst about this. So there it is, folks. That's our hot topic this week. It's, it's a tough can of worms. Racism, bullying. This is stuff that we shouldn't even be talking about in wrestling. I mean, wrestling is oh, supposed to wrestling, be escape. It's supposed right? to be fun. Yeah, it's supposed to be good guy versus bad guy. <laughs> you know? Maybe somebody gets bullied, but then he rises up and he, 
you know, not like continuous backstage stepping on people's necks to get ahead kind of crap. Not cool. Not cool. Makes me feel yuck. Yuck. I almost want to go take a shower after this. This was just, uh, you know what? Let's, let's, let's go over to something that was, let's, let's skip the change gears here. And, um, one thing I guess we should have mentioned, and I was going to mention it this week uh, because of a very quick thing about New Japan Wrestling. Uh, we didn't cover New Year's Dash because we had so much to cover from uh, Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom. Kingdom. Right. But one of the biggest focuses I think that we needed, we should mention now, and it's been very big across the indie wrestling world, was the retirement of Jushin Thunder Liger. Yep. Um, what a pioneer in the mid-heavyweight division who... Man, the amounts of outpouring of love from other wrestlers, incredible. I've seen so many wrestlers yep. posting pictures and things with them in Liger. And the stories about Liger have been... I have not heard one negative thing about this good dude. The first match I ever saw um, was um, WCW, WCW against uh, Brian Pillman. I think it was at one of the pay-per-views in 92. Yes. yes. <clears throat> I mean, what an incredible wrestler and what an impact he really has made. And damn you, Impact Wrestling, for taking away the word impact for us to use during wrestling talk. Because now people think of that shitty company. But yeah. uh, he actually made a very good co- impact. And uh, a sad day in wrestling. You know? Lots of sad this month, man. I know <laughs> what's going on. What's going this, on? Is, this is 2020. New decade is supposed to be happy. Well, you know what? You want, you want to know what made me happy this week? What's that? I wasn't sure what to think of WWE NXT UK TakeOver, and I'm going to say Blackpool, not mm-hmm. Cardiff. Yep. Uh, Blackpool <laughs> 2. Um, damn, that was a pretty solid, good show. That was, yeah, that was. You know, let's talk about that show, man. Let, let's right. skip the stuff. And, you know, we'll talk about the things now. Uh, we, we went along and we tried. We, we had a bad night of picking things. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. First of all, let's talk about uh, this, um, about the Blackpool show. Okay. Yep. Okay. Now, I believe when I said Trent Seven and Eddie Dennis, I said, "Who cares? Who cares? You didn't pick a winner. I wouldn't pick the. I picked the guy who actually won the match." Yeah, but, but you know, watch. you know what? I have to say, yeah. I was sitting there watching the match. I'm like, you know what? Tom was right. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand <laughs> the point of this match. I mean, sure, Eddie Dennis won, but it's not like he. It's not like he showed me something spectacular. You know, you know how memorable he was yeah. at the at the first takeover. I actually called Eddie Kingston to Eddie Dennis. Yeah, there you go. Like, I mean, he's that, pretty... that that's a way they best have beat him at the first takeover. Yeah, uh, and Trent Seven. I mean, I it just bothers me that there could have been so many other guys that weren't like. Where was Dave Mastiff? I'd rather watch him. For, hell. Wouldn't want to give us wild boar and primate in that slot. They should, uh, they should, they should have given us uh, the Cassius Ono and Dave Massive in that slot. Yeah, or hey, war was Dragonoff. I'd love to see Dragonoff yeah. way more than I'd love to see these two other. I idiots. mean, if if you're gonna start to open up a pay per view, why would you open it with that match? I mean, the, the UK hit the UK crowd. That crowd was hot, but this wasn't the best way to start the pay per view. No, I got to agree, man. I, I, I was very confused. And I got to admit, watching that match, I was kind of like, oh, God. Is this the tone that it's setting for the rest? I'm not going to be too happy about this. However, the next match changed all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, a three, three-way three matches tend to be kind of dog shit. Yep. Um, this was, was a very good three-way match. Was. I enjoyed um, this one, yep. 
Now, I think I picked Piper Niven, and I think you might have picked Tony Storm. Or did no, you pick I picked Piper, Piper Niven as well. We both were off. Uh, I don't. I think out of the three of them, both of us did not think Kaylee Ray was actually going to walk out. Oh, the I was surprised when uh, the, when uh, she had the three count and uh, the ref announced uh, they announced her as a winner. The things I got out of this match is definitely Tony Storm definitely headed down the evil road. She yep. is really looking more and more like a heel. Mm-hmm. Piper Niven finally showing a bit of a uh, fire. I don't yeah, like she her. Did, she dive. She did through the ropes. Yes. <laughs> Wow, that was a lot of girl coming at you. <laughs> yep. Kaylee Ray showed me a little bit something more than usual. I haven't always been hot on Kaylee Ray, but uh, she did pretty good in this match. She had yeah. a good presence, and it's not like she just was. She didn't play the Jerry Lawler hiding underneath the ring at the mm-hmm. end of Royal Rumble crap. She she got in there and she got her spots, yeah. and like the good heel, uh, like the heel champion, she took advantage of the end and, and got the pin. Yeah, you know. She let uh, she let Tony Storm do the work, and she took the pin. So, mm-hmm. you know, good honor. Uh, very good match, though. Um, next, uh, next, a match. Wow. Okay. Sometimes it seems like I gotta say NXT is really starting to change me and your opinions of certain people. <laughs> you know? We used to not like Dave Mastiff. We used to not like Joe Coffey. We used to not like Gallus. We used to not like Primate and uh, Wild Boar. Wild Boar. Now, me and you have for a long time not liked Jordan Devlin, but I think that's got to kind of change because yeah. Jordan Devlin, man, him and Tyler <laughs> Bate put on one heck of a great match. Oh, can I say something about the UK yeah. crowd? They have ruined White Stripes and Casey and Sunshine Band for me with their chants. <laughs> you know what's really funny about that, dude? I remember you saying that to me, right? Now, I've watched these events, and it's sort of funny because they start chanting but the funny part is I don't listen to the chants. I just hear it as a chant going on in the background and say, oh, this is kind of a nice atmosphere. Yeah, but I, I, I don't actually, like, the words I actually pick up on it. I, I pick don't. Up on, I just like, block it, it out. I just block it out. <laughs> I figure it's going to be some weird, crappy English song I never heard of or yeah, nope, something it's I don't want it's, like, it's actually good songs that have been ruined. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'll take your word for it, but I just I tend to block out the chanting parts. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jordan Devlin. Um, you know, uh, Nigel McGuinness made a good point here when mm-hmm. he said, um, you know, he, he talks, Jordan Devlin talks a bad game and he says a lot of crappy things and he yep. makes things that you make not like him, but then he'll go out and wrestle and do stuff that you just can't help respect him. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much happened to the, the show. I mean, did you notice that when Tyler Bate came out, it was like an explosion, like the people were going crazy. I mean, Devlin came yep. out. Nobody was that invested either way. Tyler Bate comes out. The place just boom. But then halfway through the match, people start chanting for Jordan Devlin. You know, he starts dividing the crowd just out of his pure work. He's not pandering to the crowd. He's not trying to get their attention or their love. But he's starting to win them with his hard work. Now I'm going to say, I wonder. Now, uh, I might be wrong. I know I'm going to be wrong. But um, I don't think uh, Tyler Bate could ever be a heel. You don't think he could be a heel? No, I mean, I mean, do, do you think uh, he he turned heel down the road since seeing how people started getting behind Devlin? Oh, over this? No. Yeah. No, I don't think he. I don't think uh, this yeah. would be the. Th- I do. I could see. I thought maybe you were saying you could never see Tyler Bate as a as a villain. By all means, no, 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 no I can see him as a heel. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Uh, this, no. Although you know what, though, that would be pretty interesting. 
I mean, NXT tends to have some really good long-term booking like that. I mean, they, have, some, they, have, they, have, they have done some, like, interesting turns. Yeah. Who knows? Man. I never even thought of that, dude. Good call. Good call. Okay. Uh, moving on is the next match. Uh, wow. The latter match with the four teams. We had Gallus. We had Imperium. <laughs> we had... Uh, what, are they, what is Mandrew's team called? They're, they're something stupid. So, uh, South, <laughs> South Wales Subculture. Yeah, South Wales something. <laughs> what is that? Uh, yeah, okay. And uh, who's the last team? Oh, uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans. Grizzled Young Veterans, yep. Who I actually enjoyed for once in this match. They uh, actually put in a pretty good... Actually, all four teams. Even even the subculture team, man. They did some pretty crazy spots in there. Mm-hmm. And me and you guessed wrong. We thought Imperium was this is going to be a you know an Imperium sweep. Yeah, we we both said this might this isn't this is not going to be a Gallus night. Uh I got to give Gallus credit, especially Wolfgang. That guy took a took a beating and still managed to come back quite a bit. Uh, tough dude, tough dude. Mm-hmm. Um, how much did you like this match? I I think uh, this one should be nominated for the vault. Yeah, I know you were saying that ahead of time, and I agree. I say we nominate this match, the four-way match with Gallus retaining their titles in a four-way ladder match. It'll be into the vault this year. All right. All right. Now we get to the main event. And uh, I know we, we, both, uh, we both were leaning towards thinking that Walter was going to win this. Um, it was curious to see how Joe Coffey was going to do. Uh, Joe Coffey was pretty good here, man. He was very good. Uh, he made Walter look like Walter was struggling to stay on his game. You know, he attacked Walter in ways we don't see people attack Walter. He punched Walter in the face and in the I've never seen Walter. I've never seen Walter get to manhandle that way. Yeah, it was something to watch Coffey toss him around and really beat on him. Uh, you know, yeah, Walter had some great stuff in this match, but he definitely, there were times in that match where he looked like he had that look on his face like, holy crap, I might lose the, lose to this guy. Um, you know, Coffey came out looking like a million bucks, even though he didn't win, especially to the point where there was a point where he could have won the match, but the referee got knocked out. And then uh, yep, Alexander, Wolf, Alexander Wolf comes in, gets involved, tries to take him out. Then mm-hmm. you brought up the thing about Tyler Bate. This made me, a little incident happened here that... <laughs> made me wonder ahead of time. And that was when Dragonoff was trying to clear Alexander Wolf out of the ring. He hits Wolf. Wolf goes back and hits Coffee in the leg. <laughs> and it ended up being that knee that that hit that Coffee took was really what hampered him and ha- had him lose the match. Part of me wondered if that would have us seeing Joe Coffee going after Dragonoff down the road, thinking, you know, this guy cost me my match. I could have mm. I could have had him. So there that threw in my hand. Um, I'm going to say I enjoyed this match so much, dude. I want to put it also in the vault. All right. So that match, Walter versus Joe Coffee goes into the vault as well. Yeah, really good stuff in there. Uh, I got got a little one over by Gallus for sure this weekend. Mm -hmm. So you know what? Uh, We're going to take a quick uh, break. Uh, When we get back, we're going to talk about our regular wrestling um, so folks, we'll see you guys in a couple minutes. Hello, this is Miguel Cole from the Wrestling POV Podcast. Wrestling POV and Wrestling POV Global is affiliated with the Collar and Elbow brand. Go to CollarandElbowBrand.com and save yourself 10% by using promo code WPOV. 
Collar and Elbow has t-shirts, hoodies, sunglasses, and more. And the best part, you're helping out your local indie wrestlers. And you're helping out the best wrestling podcast of all, Wrestling POV and Wrestling POV Global. You don't want to miss out. So save yourself 10% by using promo code WPOV. Oh my goodness! This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. Hey folks, we're back. Uh, Elio. Yes, sir. You know, we should tell the people about how we have a sister uh, show. Mm-hmm. called wrestling pov yep. which it it takes a very humorous and fun look <laughs> at mostly wwe product yep okay now you can find them on uh on a lot of networks you can find them on podbean you can find them on iHeartRadio, spotify and um itunes itunes how can i forget itunes i love itunes yeah <laughs> these guys uh, they're a fun and humorous look at uh, the WWE. They've got their opinions. They've got some really, it's, it, you know, we talk about POV. You've got the POV of a wrestler, a former wrestler, uh, a super fan, a female, and uh, I'm not sure what dimension it works in, but a sock bucket, a puppet. So it's, you got some crazy ass, uh, some POVs. And speaking of POVs, buddy, um, they're going to be starting uh, on our site um, a correspondent. Yes. And uh, he'll be covering. AEW uh, with a written piece, and that'll be another uh, POV about AEW, which which we uh, we get to uh, have even more looks at. And uh, you want to tell us a bit about our our, our oncoming guy? So um, the new uh, correspondent is um, Ant Deliberated or Antoine Hoffman. He's uh, over now Washington D.C. He will be our AEW correspondent. That's awesome. You know, like we've we've seen Antoine uh, um, comment on polls. Yep. We've, he's uh, had interactions with us. Uh, he has had much more interactions with uh, the, the the other show. But uh, here is another look that you're going to get of people looking at AEW, and maybe he'll uh, he'll find some nuggets that we miss or talk about things that we haven't seen. Um, and speaking about POV, Elio, I believe uh, next. Not this weekend, but the coming up next soon is the Royal Rumble. Yes. Which means Royal it's Rumble. time again for the wrestling POV. Pay-per-view uh, points game. Yep. Points game. And now we talked about last week how that they're doing this, that every time you enter, you win a certain point to the overall aggregate where you can at the end win this beautiful uh, wrestling POV belt that they're having custom made. But yep. Elio, uh, I know you're a really big fan of the POV uh, points game. <laughs> Tell, tell me a bit. Tell the fans the, the, about it. Okay, so basically, go to Wrestling POV podcast on our Facebook page. Uh, share that like first of all, like that page, share it out, and then they will post a list of the matches, and you bet between five and ten points, depending on uh, the number of points available, as well as side bet on uh, how the match will end, whether it's the qualification pinfall or submission if there is no winner you can't bet on that certain match wow now if you get it right you get that certain amount of points that you bet however you can win big but also lose big because if you get it wrong the number of points you bet gets subtracted and you can be down the minus and you can end up becoming the rick surround with the turd award yikes who wants to be a turd <laughs> I think I did a better job than last week. Uh, I think I think so. I, I I didn't have to like say anything. 
<laughs> now, folks, this is your chance to enter. Like the key here is like the page. Yep. It's the only way you can actually participate. And like we said, uh, there's been lots of prizes, giveaways that have happened over these games. It's your chance to be the fantasy booker to try and guess how you think the WWE is going to book these things. And like we said, uh, it's a cumulative thing here. Uh, each time you enter, and that's why you want to play as many times as you can, because then you can have points going on to the overall yearly game. And the winner of that will, in fact, receive a wrestling belt, a leather and gold wrestling belt, custom made by Wrestling POV. And uh, that's kind of a cool award. So we look forward to seeing who's going to win that. Uh, might be Elio, might be me, might be that cheating sock puppet. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, we're, we're going to see who will be crowned the first Wrestling POV uh um, champion of overall for the for these games okay uh let's take a look now at our weekly shows okay, okay. now uh first of all we usually start off with wwe nxt uk now because of the takeover mm -hmm. they didn't actually play an actual usual show like they right. do right however they they set this enormously fun uh really interesting uh target special looking yeah, and you told me to watch this. It was very good. It was very good. It really... Um, anybody who didn't see this and has seen the UK thing, go back and watch it. Hopefully you saw it first because this really primed you for the TakeOver special. It really gave you a really good look into the competitors, to why they were doing what they were doing, uh, what their motivations were. Um, you know, I've always been on the bit of on the fence with Joe Coffey. Uh, watching this special made me really understand him more as a person and sympathize and want to cheer him on even. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 uh, it was such a well done thing. And I, I would like to see this do, done with more specials. Look what NXTUK just do it done to us. Uh, people that we hate, that we couldn't stand last year. We like this year. Oh my goodness. We've been talking about that. <laughs> I mean, folks, me and Elio could never stand Joe Coffey, Gallus, uh, Dave Mastiff, the hunt, uh, the hunt, uh, Jordan Devlin, and I hate to say it, but what if the grizzled young veterans start becoming like this too? Oh, They're making us like the people we used to not stand. So good on no, but, NXT UK. <laughs> but this is it's fun. I like this. Well, it's because they're making us win their respect through really good yeah. storytelling and good yep. wrestling. And how can we deny that? You know. Well, hold on, you have to. You have you. We forgot to mention Jordan Devlin in that uh, group as well. I did say Jordan Devlin. Oh, okay. I, I did. I did. Um, if they somehow, oh my God, Elio, if they make us like Jen, Jenny <laughs> or uh, Nina oh. Samuels, I don't know. Oh. I think it might be time for us to retire. <laughs> I don't know. You would have to be the best goddamn storyteller in the world if you can make us care about those two idiots. Oh. <laughs> I'm having sorry. I'm having a slight conniption and a heart attack thinking about that. <laughs> oh my god! I never thought I'd like primate, but ah, okay, no. no. TJ thinking about Chini. Well, he ah. did. Uh, he did uh, make. He did uh, tell me that I was uh, having fantasies about Nina Samuels last week. So I guess this week's your turn. Uh, uh. <laughs> At least I'm going to say this: Nina Samuels is much more attractive than Chini. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> MLW. Oh. This week's uh, fusion. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> what you would say about this week's show? 
what can we say? Ah, man. Ah, there was not a lot of great stuff. <laughs> well, there wasn't. Um, that, that, that Conan promo, um, the Brian Pillman and Timothy Thatcher match was one of my highlights. Your highlight the was Con- sorry? The Conan promo only because, like, uh, I just wanted to see wh- what happens with this whole Chino Medina character. Like, wow, with- that's... I don't care, but to see Conan get kicked around was pretty fun. Uh, he is so annoying. I love it when Conan gets a beating. Uh, no, actually, my highlight of that segment was Selena De Laurenta. She looked good. <laughs> she looked very good. She's highlighted a lot of people's lives. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Wrestling highlight? Oof. Well, the Brian, the Brian Pillman Jr. Timothy Thatcher match wasn't anything on the caliber of a Timothy Thatcher right. matches that I like, right. but it wasn't horrendous. But on, the, on this show, between that match and the Von Erics versus the Spirit Squad. Oh, the Von Erics versus the Spirit Squad. I'm going to paint yes. the scenario. Okay. Now, you're terrible, Tom. You're this MMA yep. tough, tough guy. You're embroiled in a I'm filthy Tom. Filthy Tom. You're embroiled in a feud with the Von Erics. Right. You can pick any two people in, the, in wrestling or MMA to help you. Why would you go and pick the spirit squad? Uh, because now they are the filthy squad. Remember they said, now they don't wear green, they wear black, and they are now the filthy squad. Oh, God, I know what you mean, Elio. Jeez. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, I didn't get that either. There's a lot of things I don't like in MLW. Okay, I, I'm, I'm finding I don't really care about the I don't like is just Rip Von Eric. I don't care. Well, yeah, Rip Von Eric, I don't care about. I don't care about the Spirit Squad, aka Filthy Squad. Yes. Uh, I I don't care about Injustice. Uh, no. I'm starting not to care about um, uh, Holiday and his gang. What are those guys? MJF group. The Dynasty. Ugh. So in the end, uh, a half-ass show uh, sets up for a better show next week. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see Davy Boy Smith Jr. taking on mm-hmm. Brian, Brian Pillman, Pillman for the Opera Cup. Yep. Yep. I don't give Brian Pillman Jr. a lot of <laughs> chance here, but what if he turns heel? What oh. if he screws Davy Boy out of his his grandfather's cup? Uh, that's always a possibility. So. Um, overall, there was a lot of bad on the show. Well, like Brian Pillman was the loose cannon, right? So True, true. And his son is definitely using more uh, hair dye than is probably good <laughs> for the brain. So um, I think uh, I'm going to give this a... Well, I'm going to give it a C this week. It was kind of crappy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, uh, like, yeah, I'm going to go with a C. I was going to give it a C-, minus, but it was... The greatest, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna give, go with a C. Let's say Selena brought it up from a minus to a C. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, AEW. Oh boy. Ah, uh, some days I gotta admit, sometimes going into AEW is feeling like a chore, like we're being sent to the woodhouse to get our get a ass whooping. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, this week there was some bad stuff, but this wasn't a horrendous week. There was some good stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, the opening four-way match, the four teams, lots of cool wrestling in it. Ortiz, um, Ortiz was selling. Yeah, let's talk about Ortiz. Um, <laughs> he's selling like Kenny Omega. He makes Kenny Omega seem like a stone. 
You know, like Kenny, Kenny Omega is usually accused of overacting and stuff. Yeah. Ortiz, man, is like a <laughs> circus clown. Like, like Chuck Taylor threw him out of the ring. Lands on his feet and then falls on his face. Yes, he landed <laughs> on his feet and then fell on his face. Oh my <laughs> lord! When I saw that, I was like, "Oh man, Ellie!" Like, like the, first, the first, the first time I noticed it was uh, when um, I forget who it was, but like uh, knocked him to the mat. He was like bouncing around on the mat. <laughs> yeah, Ortiz is really gone into the level of ridiculousness for his selling. Okay, when you can make Kenny Omega seem like he's pretty bland. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, huh. it's funny, but uh, the uh, Chuck Taylor doesn't, and Trent Beretta, I don't see that. They, they don't, I don't get them really. The best friends really aren't that good of a tag team. No. Uh, Orange Cassidy is the only over part <laughs> of them. And People that guy's, love this guy. I don't I get it. I don't get it either. And, I, you know, we talked about we talked earlier about this, that maybe me and you are just too old. Like, maybe we're, we're missing something here. You know, maybe or maybe Orange Cassidy is going to turn and look at us and scream and say, okay, Boomer. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't get it. I really do not get this guy at all. I don't know why the crowd goes insane for him. They do. Uh, he does nothing. Uh, he keeps his hands in his pockets. I don't get it, okay? The wrestler um, who doesn't like to wrestle. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. This was a weird one because you had these teams like, okay, you had, they definitely don't deserve to run in there. The, the best friends aren't that great of a tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, LAX or what are they called now? The strong and proud or whatever. Uh, proud and powerful. Proud and powerful. They, with with Ortiz selling like that, they're just, they seem like laughable. Yeah, laughable. I don't know. You know, the young bucks didn't seem very effective this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got the team of uh, Adam Page and Kenny Omega, who seem like they're one step away from slapping each other. <laughs> so, but I like Adam Page. I like Adam Page. I actually hope he kind of turns on the elite because he is definitely low man on the elite totem pole. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to get out of their shadow. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it was an okay match. There was some things, though. You're right. There were some things that made me just go, <laughs> not sure what to think of that um next god i'm starting to hate this but when brandy Rhodes comes out i'm oh. thinking oh man just just pull out a, like a wheelbarrow oh. full of shit and start spreading it because this is terrible uh, well, she's managed to really derail chris stratlander who was like I, I, I don't know why they're doing this to chris stratlander i mean okay she wasn't the she didn't she wasn't that great in this match but look who she had to work with yeah, there was some. I'm not even going to point them out, but there were a couple times in this match where they were cringeworthy misses mm-hmm. and things, phantom kicks and things that were just terrible. Uh, but you're right. Who did Stratlander have to work with? I mean, her tag team partner, I got to say, the Japanese girl's good. Okay. But Melanie Cruz looks terrible in there. And uh, Brandy Rhodes is atrocious. Ugh. She didn't have any stake in who her husband was or in this company. No one in the world would sign. She's beautiful. But right. no one would sign her as a wrestler. She is terrible. Terrible. She's, she's anytime now. And here's the thing. I, I'm really mad at AEW about this. Is Chris Stratlander, they had like a, an organic hero rising up where people were just digging her each week for mm-hmm. the stuff she did. Yep. She, she doesn't need to be in a team. She's not a team person. Her character no. isn't a team person. Yeah. 
She doesn't need to be in part of this uh, with the Brandy Rhodes story. They should have at least gave her the championship and then let her fight, and it would have made more sense. Now it just derails her, you know? And once again, we have, I mean, Riho starting to become like the Brock Lesnar of AEW, you know? She shows up once every <sighs> now and then, and who knows, you know? Um, I'm, I'm waiting for someone to take that belt off her. Yeah, definitely. So, um, it's sad, but uh, they're only killing Chris Stratlander here. This is the second week in a row that they've made her look terrible because of them, not her. And I hope that doesn't happen because that's how fans will stop losing interest. In she, she, she actually uh, did an interview uh, recently, um, um, and she t- talked about uh, her decision to sign with AEW over WWE. I didn't uh, watch the whole thing, but she uh, in- did an interview with that one from the MLW, Alicia Attout. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Moving on. Um, John Moxley versus um, Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. I like Sammy Guevara. Um, he's oh, very talented. Oh, oh no! He's very talented. What's going uh, on? But John Moxley is a big dude. I yep. mean, he looked like a little boy trying to fight Moxley. Moxley, you never realize how because Mo- Moxley comes over from the WWE where he was the smallest guy in the Shield. Right. I don't know. I guess maybe Rollins was pretty small, but being overshadowed by like such of the big guys they fought and then you see him now and he's like bigger than everybody on the thing it's like <laughs> stuff that makes you wonder how small is everybody else in AEW yep. when John Boxley is like the giant <laughs> uh, I like his wrestling I like his style Guevara pulled off some pretty cool moves also props to Guevara for doing the little gimmick where he writes things on on like notes on the thing, so when they're in the picture in picture, he could still be like blathering at you if you just look at the screen. So so props for that. He, that's the second week in a row he's done that. He pulled off some good stuff, but I mean, it was. Did anyone in the world really think John Moxley was going to lose to him? No, mm-hmm. no, no, he didn't. A uh, little surprised about the beatdown afterwards because nobody. It didn't really do anything. You know, it didn't set up some people to help Moxley. It didn't set up. Anything, it's just sort of while they beat him up. You <laughs> see that jacket, the Legion of Doom jacket that Chris Jericho was wearing? Now, you know what? I'm going to actually admit that I didn't really notice. <laughs> I call that the Legion of Doom jacket because he had, it, it had spikes coming out. Oh, oh, Elio. Okay, a, as I was watching that show, uh, that, that beatdown, my mm-hmm. son had just, my four-year-old son had just got out of the bath. He came downstairs to say hello to me. He looked at the TV and said, why is that guy spiky? <laughs> now I remember. Now I remember this. Oh, and he also asked why Sammy Guevara was in his underwear because <laughs> he was the only one wearing wrestling tights, right? Because Moxley's like in pants and stuff. He asked me why he was wearing underwear, but he asked me why the one guy was wearing spikes everywhere. Why he's so spiky? Yeah, that's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Um, yeah, I kind of no. I kind of. I didn't really get the segment. Maybe I'm missing something there. I don't know. I don't know. Put the, no, no, you know what? Let's give it a week. If we see that stupid check next week when it's going in the book. Okay, that seems fair. Um, speaking about things that should go, like whole ideas that go in the book, Di- 62-year-old Diamond Dallas Page <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> oh, this was not good. MJF and Butcher and the Blade uh, taking on Dustin, uh, QT Marshall, and and Diamond Dallas Page. And, 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 I, I definitely have someone to put in the book here. Okay, I'm interested. Who really? Jim, did... Jim Ross. Oh God, you have hit the, 
you've hit the uh, n- nail on the head, buddy. Um, because if you know, um, I maybe I heard wrong, but I'm pretty sure that I heard him a few times. Max MGF was out there. One time he called him Matthew Jacob Friedman. Another time he called him Michael Jacob Friedman. Um, I agree with you putting him in the thing because there's just the stuff I'm seeing from Jim Ross lately is just terrible. He is ridiculous with some of the stuff he says. Okay, you know what? Let me forward a bit when they did a part where they were trying to sell tickets for the next show. Okay. And then Jim Ross, I can't believe he would say this, but he says, folks, tickets are on sale for the next show. You can't see the show unless you buy a ticket. <laughs> or, or I guess you watch it free on TV. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> then why would you buy a ticket if you can watch it for free on TV? <laughs> Shut up, boss. You're not going to sell tickets by me- making them remember they can just watch it on TV. Maybe tell them it's a cool time to be on a television show. Maybe that's a better tact. Jim Ross. Slowly, the great book opens. Jim Ross, you just made the book. Man. I always feel bad, too, because legendary dude, but man. Not holding it together well, Jim. No, his his, uh, good days are like... Are fading. That's it. They've already faded because I just I just can't take some of his stuff anymore. Like what he does, stuff he says. Yeah. Now getting back to the match we we're talking about, this six man match was terrible. Mm-hmm. But thank God they didn't have Butcher and the Blade lose for like the tenth time in a row. I mean, they're a good team, and they're just burying them by having everyone beat them. But at least yep. uh, one other complaint of mine is using super cool maneuvers that are supposed to be devastating and then they don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen in this match, Dustin Rhodes pull off a Canadian destroyer on MJF. I saw that. that. Yeah. That's a spinning pile driver, folks. That's supposed to be the move that puts you out. And then three minutes later, MJF makes the pin. <laughs> wow. That, it's like wow. he sold it for 30 seconds, then rolled away. And then he was miraculously cured. And that just, that looks terrible. That's just some bad storytelling. And then I saw a comment on uh, on Facebook saying, it's cool that they have power drivers in AEW. Yeah, because they mean nothing. Because <laughs> they mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, man. No? We saw Chris Stratlander use a pile driver variation on Melanie Cruz, and it was the finishing maneuver, like a pile driver should be. Yep. Uh, when you're using it as, that's the, you know, a sp- God it was a spinning pile driver. It was a Canadian destroyer. Oh, Paul Orndorff for crying out loud. That was his finisher. Once yeah. he hits you with the pile driver, that's it. Now dropping someone on their head apparently only hurts for 30 seconds. <laughs> and if you can just survive that 30 seconds, you can get up and wrestle again. Not cool. Not cool. Did not think it was cool. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. The, the What a mess. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Sorry, mm-hmm. dude. You're, you're. I want you backstage helping these guys. I don't want to see you wrestling anymore. No, it's not believable. No, no, it doesn't that was look bad. Good. It's terrible. It's terrible stuff. Um, let's move on to like the main event. Okay. And the main event was actually. I uh, I really enjoy Darby Allen. I, I I really enjoy what he does. That um, coffin drop. I'm so scared every time he does that. Well, I gotta wonder. Not only is it a scary maneuver, but what kind of damage is that doing to that kid's back? I mean, how many years is he going to be able to do this kind of thing where it's going to, you know, it it can't be that healthy. It looks cool, but he's got to screw himself up. These guys must be going to, like, chiropractor or something a lot 
Now, so for the amount of damage they do to their bodies, we move like that. Yeah. Um, now, I really enjoyed Darby Allen. I didn't think he was going to win this match. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good to see him really open up. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. Um, logistically, I have to pull apart, pull apart uh, AEW's uh, storylines of the fact that they tell you that uh, wins and losses mean something, right? So how is Darby Allen fighting X-Pac, or X-Pac, sorry, fighting <laughs> Pac? How is he fighting Pac for the number one contendership when he lost to Cody last week? Like, how would he even be in that position? If wins and losses beat something, how did he earn his way in there? Shouldn't have been Cody? Cody's number one, right? Well, Cody, yeah. Like, no, Cody's not number one. Uh, John John Moxley is. And John Moxley has to defend that number one contention against now Pac next week on the crew, the Jericho Cruise. But that's so backwards because Moxley's already number one contender. Moxley should have been uh, facing Pac tonight. Yeah. Or, well, <laughs> here's how they're doing it. They were doing it like uh, Moxley was the number one contender. Right. And the number, like, no, apparently but I'm Darby saying, Allen like, Where does Darby off. Allen fit in? Yeah, well, he doesn't. He doesn't, actually. <laughs> so that's what made no sense in this match. Like, if he had won, he would have taken on the number one contender, John Moxley, for a shot. The winner of that match was going to go on to fight oh, uh, John. Yeah, it's very convoluted <laughs> and ridiculous. Jeez. And uh, I, we didn't even touch up talk. You know what? Cody Rhodes does give the best promos. Mm-hmm. Very solid stuff. But... When's he going to wrestle? I think I'd rather see him wrestle sometime than wasting blabbing about Cody, uh, writing about MJF. Interesting, interesting stipulations, Friedman. too. Or is it Michael J. Friedman? Anyway, sorry. Maxwell J. Friedman. Is it Michael? Uh, Matthew? Matthew? Mohammed? Uh, who knows? Is he Mohabali Friedman? Uh, anyway. <laughs> Ask JR. He doesn't know. <laughs> Inter- interesting uh, stipulations for their match. Yeah, and that's one thing, too. So, okay, he has to fight the dude in a cage. Wardlow, yeah. He has to um, not touch MJF till the thing, but he has to take ten lashes before he gets to to fight him. That's is that weird. right? That's weird. I think I think I I read that. Right. I don't think I understood that right. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yes, take ten lashes on TV. I'm not. I understand that. Why? Like I, that part? <laughs> just I yeah. I just I don't know, man. What is what is going on? Um. You know, if MLW hadn't had such a crappy week and if NXT had just posted a show, I'm afraid that AEW is going to have a B minus here and still win the week. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. I'm giving it a B minus, man. And I think no, I'm like, I don't think go with a B minus, but like, so like AEW wins this week, but oh. Yeah, it's like being. It's like and, the, and when you say at the beginning of the show, they uh, TNT signed them for another year. Oh yeah, boy. they really better start sorting some stuff out. Okay, so that uh, puts AEW at uh, I believe two, is it? And uh, MLW at one. I think Elio, since NXT didn't have a match this week, right? I think we should only award one point to the winner, zero points to the everyone else. Okay, so EW gets the one and uh, MLW to the zero? Yeah, and obviously NXT doesn't get a point because they didn't put it right. in. Okay, so there we go. So yeah. far, so far, NXT UK is still winning. Uh, interesting, interesting stuff. Okay, well, you know what, folks? Uh, 
Wow. <laughs> I just I have a feeling that NXT had better really screw up badly if we're gonna think <laughs> to not be this week's show, okay? Um wow. I don't know what to say, man. Just tough. Tough stuff. Yeah. It's times like this that not next week, I'm not sure how I'm going to come in when, when next Wednesday. I'm not sure if I'm going to re- be like, oh, man, we got to watch AEW this week. Because this was, a, this was a, a bit of a poor effort. Yeah. Too many holes, too many things. I mean, oh, my God. That, two hours you know, long. We, we didn't even bring up that dying thing. We didn't even uh, bother talking about that Dark Order crap. That oh, is. no. What's the point? Yeah. I mean, the Dark Order junk is so bad. No, I mean, that, that, yeah, it started out, like, somewhat cool, but nah. Well, no, 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 let's face it. It started off, like, absolute dog shit. Then yeah. they did a couple promos that were kind of cool, and then they just blew it. I you just kind of like that one. Uh, I kind of like that one in the hotel room where the guy was yeah. talking to, to him through the TV. Those that was pretty cool. interesting. Yeah. But then the next week, they totally blew it with the whole run out you know, jump yep, everybody yep, with the yep. dark over crap. And then I think it felt like that AEW realized how stupid it was. Cause then did you notice the next week they had the young bucks, like kicking the crap out of the dark order. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then this week we just had hints of them now they're okay. And here's the last question I'm going to leave you for AEW today. Okay. Okay. The dark order wants to be something important, right? So they're targeting, and are you ready for this now? Adam page. That makes sense. There's yep. somebody that'd be cool. Michael Nakazawa. I would see that he wanted to John fight us. Well, but see, he wanted, wanted to fight SEU. <laughs> yeah, I, the whole him drunk again thing. Is that an ongoing thing where he's kind of drunk and it has to do with alcohol yeah. and it starts a fight? Because that's what happened last week. Remember, he had the drink and that he so wasn't going to pay $12 to a uh, private party. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, Adam Page, uh, Brandon Cutler, Kenny Omega, Michael Nakazawa. Well, the, why on earth would they want Michael Nakazawa or. <laughs> Or Brandon Cutler. I mean, those two guys. Well, were, well they, Michael Nakazawa was uh, Omega's friend. Right? Yeah, but still, wh- okay. why bother? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, folks, you know what? We've had some misadventure this week. <laughs> uh, we started off with great talking about TakeOver, and it just went to shit after that. <laughs> MLW was terrible. AEW was uh, a half a step up from crap. Uh, oh, thank God we did. You know what? I'm glad. No, I'm not sure. Maybe it would have been nice if we had a nice some new Japan to like clear the pallets and have some good matches. But unfortunately, uh, they didn't really have a, a major event this weekend. There was no. uh, one of their throwaway ones. Yeah, the Fantastic Mania. Nobody cares about that. Yeah, and uh, there's nobody even in the top of you know. Yeah. There's nobody that's even in the top ten of their wrestlers who competes in that. So it's basically a showcase to show CMLL wrestlers and junior heavyweights and uh, young lions. So it's something I've never covered over the years because there's nothing really that comes out of it. So folks, um, you know what? Me and Elio, uh, as always, we've uh, had a very good time. I mean, (laughs) as, as, as crazy it could get, at least we can laugh about it and point out. It's always fun. It's always fun. And, uh, you know what? If you'd like uh, to write to us, uh, to comment, uh, to throw your two cents in, there's lots of places. Uh, we have accounts in. Uh, you can get a hold of us uh, on Wrestling PO. It was a Wrestling POV podcast page on Facebook. Yep, Wrestling POV podcast. Yep. Twitter. Uh, the, the good old Twitter machine is at on Wrestling POV. POV. 
one. No, what's the POV one is Instagram, no. right? Wrestling POV one is Instagram. Instagram, yeah. And Instagram, well, you know, it seems like a lot of the kids, I guess, are going to be deluged with freaking Orange Cassidy flick things because it seems the young kids love the Instagram. <laughs> uh, one thing you'll never see me, Elio, doing is probably Snapchatting you because I, I have no idea what the point of that is. Um, and the Twitter, I got to admit, Twitter has become a, a sometimes a can of worms. We learned, I think, Tessa Blanchard <laughs> learned this the hard way that maybe. This is why I, I, I don't do Twitter. I know I think i might know how to tweet i just don't i don't either because yeah it, it seems like a more harsher way to get a lot of negative negativity yeah uh facebook facebook's my my thing man uh, you know i i'm very not good at posting stuff as some people have pointed out but uh, i uh you can always get a hold of me and i can always navigate it and uh but folks we had a really good time um we look forward to uh, next week's episode to, to telling you some more. Hopefully, my God, hopefully the, the, the ratings will be a little better. Hopefully we'll have some better matches next week. MLW is, it's driving me crazy. It's like a freaking roller coaster. Some days it's <laughs> up great. Up and down. Up and down, up and down. At least NXT UK is on the upside. And AEW, man, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I just, you never know what you get, man. It's like, it's like Forrest Gump says, AEW is like a box of chocolate. Sometimes you open up and get something good. Sometimes it's just full of nuts. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Elio, you have yourself a tremendous week, buddy. Uh, we want to throw out a, a special thank you to all our friends across the world. Usually at this time, I name a whole bunch of countries and stuff. But you guys know who you are. You guys have been listening. We love it. Yep. We love forever you are in this world. To uh, we think it's great. You know, you wanna you wanna throw out, throw us your nationalism and, and show us your pride. Tell us what countries are out there listening to us. Send us a letter saying you know greetings from wherever. Uh, me and Elio, we have an affinity for all the places across Europe, North America, Africa, South America. Then I'm gonna you know what you if you're a penguin sitting in Antarctica and you're listening to us and you think squawk 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 these guys squawk too much. Well, hey, send us. A tweet. I know you, you guys have tweeting down there, right? Come on, man. You know, Facebook us. We're, we're in there. So uh, on behalf of uh, my good friend, the gentleman, Elio Canella, we want to wish you guys a great night. And thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, the legend, T. James Logan. I'm going to toss you over to the gentleman. He's going to say goodbye to you. All right, fans, we will talk to you all next week.